Well, good morning, church. Um, my name's Gareth. I'm a member here at Christ First Watford, and I've been given the privilege this morning, along with my wife Jenny, who's just in the green room, um, to bring you some encouragements from the Psalms. Back in 2008, um, I was training to be a performer. I was trying to work hard in order to project my voice to fill a space without the aid of a microphone, which we've got and we need today. <laughs> it was difficult. It required a ridiculous amount of breath, an astute control of the diaphragm, and what's more, had to be carried over one of the loudest pianists you've ever heard, and it wasn't Dave West. All that time and effort was spent trying to make my voice more powerful, aiming to make sure that my voice could be heard so clearly that every syllable was precisely articulated. The psalm I want to bring an encouragement from today is Psalm 29. This speaks of a powerful voice, but a voice that in comparison to mine makes mine look a fly. The voice of the Lord. I'm going to try something a little different this morning um, as we head on in to read this psalm. Whilst remaining muted, I think it'd be great if we all read this together. Um, so the verse will appear on the screen just there. Uh, <laughs> that's quite good, isn't it? Um, or um, if you want to read from your, from your physical Bible, I'm going to read it from the NIV. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. If you hadn't noticed, David is believed to have written the psalm in the midst of a huge thunderstorm, similar to the ones that we had a few weeks ago. And I don't know about you, but I love watching thunderstorms. They make me so excited and slightly nervous at the same time as I stand at the window, gazing out to that cloudy, dark sky, just waiting for that immensely bright flash of lightning and the inevitable count to the bellowing roll of thunder. Thunderstorms are powerful. They shape the earth with their roaring thunder and their lightning brings down even the largest trees in great forests. What a thing to compare the voice of the Lord to. Just think about the largest lightning strikes you've ever seen. Think of those days when as a small child, the loud roar rumble of thunder seemed immeasurably more daunting than you can imagine. As we started reading the psalm, you may have noticed that in verse 1, David petitions the heavenly beings to ascribe to the Lord. We might say this is credit the Lord, and the Hebrew word here is yahab, give to the Lord. In other words, we are reading a petition for the angels to worship God for all that he is, and in this context specifically, his strength and power. Already in verse 1, we are given a challenge do we praise, do we give praise to God through all things? 
Do you give glory to God for his strength, even in the midst of a storm? Whether in your mind you answered yes or no just now, I pray that in the next few minutes we'll encourage you to, dis- to ascribe to the Lord more frequently and more intentionally, whatever the circumstance. There are three things that I want to pick out from Psalm 29 to help us to do this. Firstly, that we'd see how God is over all things. Secondly, that we would have a fresh revelation of his power. And thirdly, that we'd refresh our knowledge of how God gives strength to his people. When we read about the voice of the Lord being over the waters, perhaps it's easy to picture the way that Leonardo da Vinci painted the Sistine Chapel. God in the clouds and in the context of a thunderstorm, that analogy kind of makes sense too. God is above the rain. He's a bit above the inevitable flash flooding, the swelling rivers. Sure enough, this gives a glimpse of God's power in this one line alone. But when we keep God in the perspective of a rain cloud, we can lose sense of how powerful the Lord's voice being above the water is. In Genesis 1, at the very beginning of the Bible, we read this. This is the message translation. First this, God created the heavens and the earth. All you see, all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird over the watery abyss. We go on to read what happened next. God spoke light and there was light. God's voice created light, his voice. No amount of musical theatre training could ever accomplish that. In fact, we read that in Genesis, the whole of creation was brought into being, not by God's hand, not by heavy labour, but by his voice. I love reading this passage how the Spirit of God hovers and then a spark at the very breath of the Almighty God brings everything into being. God's voice isn't just above a rain cloud, it's above the water, above all creation, all living creatures on land and in sea. It brought our very being into existence and continues to this day and for eternity to be majestic, beautiful and powerful. We read further further analogies, sorry, throughout the psalm at the power of God. In verse 5, we see that how the breaking of the cedars of Lebanon demonstrates God's power. Lightning hitting any tree is a powerful sight, but I think it's helpful to give a little more context here. The ancient forest of Kadesha is a world heritage site in Lebanon, and these are cedars that David writes of. In fact, they are mentioned over a hundred times alone in the Bible. This isn't a forest of small trees, but it's a forest that covers mountains with giant trees. And I've put a picture here, and just for context, even further context, I've had to point to the people that are standing next to the tree. These are huge trees. And the voice of the Lord shatters these cedars. It doesn't just snap in two or take the odd branch off, it shatters the cedars. In addition to the physical power of God's voice in Psalm 29, we also read in the Bible so many examples of where God's power is demonstrated through him speaking to individuals. We've just gone through the book of Exodus as a church where Moses experiences and hears God at the burning bush. We can also read of other examples such as when God speaks to Joshua to help bring down the walls of Jericho. And he spoke so very clearly through his son, Jesus Christ who died the most horrific death 
so that his people could be brought close to him once more. In Hebrews 1, we read that God spoke through his prophets in the Old Testament, but he has now spoken through us, to us, sorry, through his son. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. God showed us his power through Christ and calls us to a closer relationship with him. So whilst we see God's power through Christ, we also see his compassion and desire for us to walk with him more closely every day. I'd like to challenge you to think for a moment. Do you fully appreciate the power of God? With the examples that we've just seen, does it stir your heart into awe? If you go back to Psalm 29, this is David's intention. That as we read it and as we think about the analogy of God's power, we would be drawn into awe of him. That we would cry, glory. God is awesome. Exclusively awesome. At the end of the psalm, we read another example of God's humility within his power. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Because the Lord is over the flood, because he is enthroned king forever, he gives us strength. And because of this strength, he gives us peace. There have been times in my life where I've just stood in awe of God. Whereas Brian encouraged us a few weeks ago, I muse on the presence and magnificence of him. Think of those moments for you, the peace that shattered every tall, shadowing tree in your mind where for those moments all was well, all was peaceful. The voice of the Lord doesn't just stop there and that's not where this ends. We are too quick sometimes to become distracted when we are out of God's presence and so need to ensure that we are filling ourselves up with more of his voice, his word, the Bible. We don't have time just now to go further into the understanding of the power of the word of God in the spiritual realms. But we did do a series a couple of years ago on spiritual disciplines. Um, You can find those on YouTube if you'd like to uh, maybe listen to a bit more about that. But in this regard, the Apostle Paul gives a clear instruction that the word of God is more powerful than any two-edged sword. And there's two reasons I want to focus on quickly as to why I think it is so vital to ensure that we are spending time every single day in the Word. One is that it aligns our thoughts with habitual patterns, sorry, it aligns our thoughts and habitual patterns with those of God. We believe that the Word word is the voice of the Lord and its writers over thousands of years were acutely tuned into it. We read stories in the Old Testament, the encouragements in the Psalms and the life-changing Gospels and the works of the other Christians too. If you've ever struggled with self-doubt, 
or got weighted down in the power of your sin, the word of God speaks of our true identity in Christ. It says we are a new creation. So as we pray and read, the thoughts and behaviours that aren't aligned with God's truth are replaced with his powerful voice, speaking truths over our lives, challenging wrong behaviour or giving confidence instead of anxiety. Secondly, these truths become armour. They help us to stay upright, to remain planted and confident both against the things of this world, but as I stated earlier, against the spiritual realms. In his letter to the Ephesian, Paul specifically describes how the word of God can cover us to stand confident against worldly and spiritual attacks. And as he finalises the armour of Christ in Ephesians 6, we are told that we need to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I've got the verse there if you wanted to read along, but you've probably got not enough time to go through that now. What a powerful application of the voice of the Lord, this, of the voice of the Lord. This morning, I really hope you feel encouraged that God is over all things, that He is powerful and that this power is demonstrated through his word.